Well, we come today, uh, the final sermon in, in a three-part series here on, on three words, and, and faith, hope, and love. And we've looked at how powerful they are, even though they're small words, but they're powerful, faith, hope, and love. And we read scriptures where those three words were put together all about our faith, faith, hope, and love. And then 1 Corinthians 13, 13 probably summarizes it for us. Uh, when the Apostle Paul writes and says, Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. When we looked at faith, we talked about having a fantastic faith. And we talked about the fact that uh, faith is true faith, genuine faith, a fantastic faith. When we grow in our faith is that when our thoughts and words and actions are reflected in what we say, we believe. Then last week we looked at what we call helpful hope, and I entitled it Helpful Hope because so much of the hoping that we talk about is just merely wishful thinking that I hope this works out for me. I hope I get the job even though I blew the interview. I hope, I hope that uh, we win this week. I hope, you know, I hope that everything comes out well with the test that I, I've got. It's just kind of a hoping against hope, a wishful thinking. And then we're going to focus upon love. Paul said that's the greatest of the three, faith, hope, and love. And we're calling it laudable love, and we'll talk about what that means a little bit later on. But that's the kind of love that loves in the pattern of Jesus Christ in both words and actions. You can think about how we use the word love. We kind of throw that word around for a lot of different things too, don't we? It's, uh, we'll express our love from anything from chocolate or all the way up to our grandchildren or whatever. And we love everything else in between that we can use that word for. But we need to, I think, understand the whole concept about love. And we'll talk about that today. I hope when we get down to the bottom of that, we'll understand that when we leave here today. And one of the things I thought about about love is how, how many love songs there are out there. And I just started rolling through my mind about that and just um, how love is expressed in those love songs. Um, something like what the world needs now is love, sweet love. You're nobody till somebody loves you. Uh, or it's love that makes the world go around. And I thought about some of these that have some uh, details attached to them. Like, all you need is love. And who, who did that song? The Beatles, you got that? Came out in 1967 on Our World, the first live global television link. Watched over by 400 million people in 26 countries. And then I knew this one. Now, you, you always benefit from the wisdom of the 9 o'clock crowd. So, where is the love? Who, who first came out with that? Where is the love? What? Who? Black Eyed Peas did it in 2003, but I think Roberta Flack came out with it a long time before that, back in the, what, 70s? Something like that, Where is Love? Interesting thing about the Black Eyed Peas uh, with, uh, with Where is the Love, uh, that that, under their singing, that, that song peaked at number eight in the United States and number one in Australia in 2003. And then uh, what's love got to do with it? Who did that? Tina Turner, okay. That ranked number 309 on Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the 500 greatest love songs of all time. And also ranked number 38 on Songs of the Century. Well, just a few love songs. Of course, we've got some great hymns that are about that too. You know, love is a theme, love supreme. Well, this week I read about, and you probably have kept up with it sometimes as well too, that uh, the winning... Mega million lottery ticket that was worth what I keep seeing different figures 1.5 or 1.6 billion dollars. When it when one of those numbers 1.5, 1.6 was sold in Simpsonville, South Carolina. Now, the winner has not yet come forward, and according to a law we have in the state of South Carolina, the winner does not have to come forward. 
And I guess that's to protect them, that person, because you can't imagine how they would be besieged by all kinds of people and groups and organizations wanting money. So if you got that winning lottery ticket, don't forget to tithe off of it, okay? But that reminds me of a love story. A young lady named Marcia broke her engagement to her fiancé, Donald, simply because he didn't have enough money, didn't make enough money to keep her happy. So you can imagine Donald's surprise a week later when, she received, when he received this letter. Dearest Donald, no words could ever express the great unhappiness I felt since breaking our engagement. Please say you take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart, so please forgive me. I love you, I love you, I love you. Yours forever, Maria. P.S. Congratulations on winning the Powerball Lottery. Love can be fickle, can it? We know that. That's why we have to understand that love is more than a feeling, more than emotion. But love is what we do when we experience the redeeming love of God in Jesus Christ. Now we're going to look at a passage of Scripture out of 1 John. And and I'm going to admit I struggled with this as to how I was going to frame this. And I, I thought for a while about going over to 1 John 4... Because it talks about love and the importance of love as well. and tells us that God is love and that God, how God loves us and how we should love as well. But I came back to, to this passage in 1, 1 John 3 beginning in verse 11 through 18. And I'm going to break it down for us a little bit differently than I normally do. If you look in the bulletin where you can take notes, we've got a little bit detailed outline there. And you'll, you'll find out why as we go through it. But listen to what John says in, in this challenge to us about loving one another. John says, this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Now, that's a very important statement. That John makes in, in this network of passages of scripture here. Don't, you know, he, he says, We know that we love when we have, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brother. That's, that's significant for us. Now, he goes on to say, Then anyone who does not love remains in death. And anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Now, that's a strong statement to make, isn't it? Anyone who hates, His brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. Now listen to these two verses. These again are powerful about love. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and truth. Now, those are some profound words about love. In fact, somebody says that in, one of the commentators said that in 1 John, John used the word love 51 times. I haven't gone through and counted, but said he used it 51 times. And that's why Augustine, an early church leader and theologian from the 4th century said, John has spoken many words and nearly all of them are about love. Well, John wrote about love because it was important. He's known as the apostle of love. And John wrote about love because 
He wanted us to understand what genuine biblical love really is based on Jesus Christ. And so I talk about laudable love. Laudable means admirable, excellent, honorable, ideal, and righteous. And that's the kind of love that we are called to have after the pattern of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's, uh, you know, we, we had more tragic news this weekend. Yesterday, wasn't it? of the tragic shooting at the synagogue in, in, in Pittsburgh. It just seems like this is never going to end. And, of course, gun control is going to be one thing that's going to come up again. Then it's going to be issues about race again going to be coming up again. I, I, you know, we can struggle with that, and, and I don't want to get political, but a simple answer to all the stuff and the strife and conflict that's going on in our country today is that there's just not enough love being shared. That's biblical love, Christian love. God's love is not enough for that genuine love being shared where we love one another as Jesus loved us. So I think it's important that we learn from here how we are supposed to love one another. That's why I couldn't really let go of this one passage and go to another one. I wanted to deal with this one. So if you look at the outline on the screen, we're going to run through it, okay? First of all, John gives us the exhortation for love. He exhorts us, that's to encourage one another to love each other. Now, why does he do that? Well, because sometimes I think we forget to love as we should love. We have a difficulty in loving. We don't, aren't always in the best of moods to love, to love one another. Somebody put it in this little jingle this way. To dwell above with saints we love, oh, that will be glory. But to dwell below with saints we know, well, that's another story. So when it comes down to everyday living it out, fleshing it out, sometimes it's difficult to love as we're supposed to do. But the bottom line says to us that love is a non-negotiable fundamental of the Christian faith. Now, let's look at how we can also break this down under his exhortation to love. First of all, John says it's a timely message. Verse 11 says, this is the message you heard from the beginning that we should love one another. I think John is referencing since the time they heard about Christ and John's relationship with these people, this is where that timely message begins. This is the message you heard from the beginning that we should love one another. That's a challenge to us that John says has been there ever since they've known the Lord. And we can't serve God unless we love the way Jesus loved. And surely we all could do a better job of loving more, and doing more in the spirit of love. In fact, remember what Jesus said to his disciples in John 13? He said to them, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. See, when we really understand that, we understand the significance of Christian love, that when we love one another the way Christ loves us, then the world sees that he is Christ. By this all men will know that you are my disciples. They will know that we are followers of Jesus Christ if we love one another. So it's a timely message. It's also a tested message. Look at verse 12. Do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. So it didn't take long for love to be tested and even resisted. And Cain slew Abel out of anger. 
And in that story, that incident, as John gives it to us, we see that the heart is always revealed in time. What we possess in our heart will eventually come out and will be revealed in our actions. That's why we're called to love as Jesus did. And he loved not just in word, but he did so in deed and in action. And it's also a tempered message. Verse 13 says, do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. The world hates you. Not everyone will appreciate our love. They didn't appreciate Jesus, and he came and loved everybody. But we can show our love regardless of what their response is, and that's what we're called to do. You see, it should be no surprise to us if the world is going to reject us because it rejected Jesus as he showed the love of God. Jesus said again in John 15, 19, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Those are strong words. But I think we're seeing them come to life in our own country now. I think they come into life now. You know, it used to be that our beliefs if somebody else didn't necessarily agree with our beliefs, they just tolerated us. It's gotten to the point now that where they are opposing us publicly. I think they're making great threats to our freedom of speech. I think we need to be careful about that. I don't want to get political, but that's biblical. That's what Jesus said as well, isn't it? So there's an exhortation to love. Second thing we see in this is the revelation of love. See, love will either be revealed in your life or the lack of love will be evident. And here's some points under that. Love reveals our internal character. Verse 14 says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. And anyone who does not love remains in death. See, when we're born again, we are brought out of the death of our sin into life into the kingdom of God. And the love of God is to fill our hearts. And we're to love like he loves. That's what John says, that love, after the pattern of Jesus Christ, is a genuine mark of our salvation. Those who who love Christ and belong to Christ will love others the way Christ loves. That love might not be received, appreciated, or reciprocated, but we love nonetheless. It's a mark of who we are as a Christ follower. And just as love shown for others is a good indicator of salvation, the absence of love stands as a good indicator of the lack of salvation in our life. Then love also reveals eternal consequences. In verse 15, John says, Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. Now those are strong words. And and those who genuinely hate Those who genuinely hate others are viewed as murderers in God's eyes. The Bible teaches us that to possess a real hatred for another person is equivalent to killing them. That's what John says here, even supports that. And love is the only security against hate. And we cannot miss the eternal consequence of hatred within the heart. Those who hate, in essence, are guilty of murder, and they do not have eternal life. 
They've never been born again in Christ. Love and hate cannot inhabit the same heart. So we always need to look at our heart and see how we love. And then that leads us to the third thing of observation here, and that's the inspiration to love. Inspiration to love. John draws our attention to the great inspiration that we have. First of all, we have a divine example. In verse 16 he says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. So if you ever wonder what genuine love looks like, look at Jesus. He came as God in the flesh to reveal God's love to us and that's perfect love. That is love that is love completely in every way. That is laudable love, that, that which is lovely and beautiful and honorable and praiseworthy. And so we need to look at that to see genuine love. Romans 5, 8 tells us again another picture how Jesus loves us. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the example that Jesus gives to us. And then we also need to see the daily expression. Look at verse 16 again. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And here, here it relates to our life. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. We have experienced the love of Jesus Christ should love others. That calls for sacrifice at times. Not necessarily of our life. Jesus made that ultimate sacrifice. And we don't have to do that. But we have to sacrifice other things. That goes down to the next point, and that is the decisive examination in verses 17 and 18. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. See, John challenges us to show the love of Christ in our life through loving actions. I think that's the sacrifice that we're called upon to make. Is of our time and our energy and our resources to show the love of Christ. Now, I'll wrap this up by three bullet points on how to express this love. First of all, love extensively. Love extensively. Verse 14 tells us that we can have confidence that Christ has moved us from death to life by looking at the extent to which we love one another. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. You see, Christ takes us from judgment to joy, from sin to satisfaction, and from death to life. I love what he said in John 5, 24. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Then he also talks about in verse 14, anyone who does not love remains in death. Now, I think we have to be honest and say, there are times when we're more like Cain than Christ, and we do not love extensively. Verse 16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. You see, Cain took a life. Jesus gave his life for us. He died in our place, in our behalf. He died voluntarily. He went to the cross willingly. He died vicariously, that is, he died in our place as a substitute for us. He died victoriously. He laid down his life once and for all and cried from the cross, it is finished. And on the cross he defeated sin and death and the grave. It's an interesting study if you go through the Bible and look at the 
the, the, the uh, verses that are 3.16. One of the most famous perhaps would be John 3.16. We know that, don't we? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have eternal life. We love that verse because it talks about what God has done for us. But what about 1 John 3, 16? This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. See, it's human nature that we would want to claim John 3, 16 because we get something from it. But 1 John 3.16 says we should give to somebody something that we have already received. And that is the love of God. That's why it needed to be a part of our life. We need to love extensively. That's powerful. Then we need to love expensively. Well, what does that mean for us? Well, there's a cost to following Christ. We see that in verse 13. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. See, it hated Jesus. It rejected him. It ultimately nailed him to a cross. Matthew 10, Jesus said, all men will hate you because of me. And our expense, perhaps, is in money and material possessions and moments of time that we give in love like Christ. Ponder on verse 17. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need and has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Notice what John does. He moves from the plural, my brothers, to the singular, anyone. Because he wants to drive that point home to us. That that directed right at us as individuals. That if we have material resources that will help somebody and we withhold them, do we really have the love of God in us? So we might not be called to die as part of our discipleship. But we are called upon to see needs and to meet those needs in genuine love. So that leads me to say, lastly, then, love expressively. Verse 18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. See, the more often we feel without acting, the less we will be able ever to act. And in the long run, the less we will be able to feel. One more story. A lady who was always in attendance at church missed for one Sunday. Family gathering or she was sick, I'm not sure why. But she showed up the next week and as she was coming in to the worship center, a lovely lady in the church who never had been close with her, in fact she shunned her, She never looked at her. She never spoke to her, never acknowledged her. She had some kind of grudge against her. She didn't know why. But that lady came up to her before the service started, and she just grabbed her in a great big hug, and she said, Honey, I just want to tell you I love you. She patted her on the back and said, God bless you. Have a great day. Well, you can imagine, as that other woman went to her seat, that this woman who came in and was a recipient of that loving embrace wondered, what in the world is going on with her? So she sat there all the way through the service and wondered, what in the world is going on with her? She found out at the end of the service because the pastor closed by saying, your assignment for this week is the same as it was last week. Find somebody you just can't stand and love them. That's your assignment for this week as well. Find somebody that you have a hard time loving. Somebody at school, somebody at work, somebody in the neighborhood, and do something that shows the love of Christ for them.
And we closed the 9 o'clock service. I had a lot of husbands and wives looking at each other like, I said, whoa, 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 let's, we got a problem here if y'all have a hard time loving each other, you know. So make sure you got that relationship right. And parents to children and children to parents. Let's make sure we got all that right. But find somebody this week, hard to love, and love them the way Christ loves you. Let's wrap this up. Here's some bullet points for summary. Love is a non-negotiable fundamental of the Christian faith. You'd agree with that, wouldn't you? Love or the lack of love reveals the condition of your heart. Love is demonstrated through sacrificial kindness. And love is an action, not just an emotion. So the issue today as we listen to this on love and having a laudable love, that which is praiseworthy, is are you filled with the love of God? And to whom will you show that love this week? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the love that you sent to us as you sent Jesus Christ to this world, wrapped in flesh that came like us. And in every act he showed your love, your mercy, and your grace. Father, may we, as recipients of that love who have crossed over from death into life, show that love in our life every day. Help us to love those who are difficult to love, but let us do it more than in word, but let us do it in in action as well. And let us do it for your glory and for your honor so that people will know that we are your disciples, that we follow you. Help us to be filled with that love. Help us to live in that love. Help us to show that love through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.